What's happening, RSL Nation? It's your boys Adele and the Baker back at you with another brand new podcast of The Scarf Live. Baker, homie, how you doing, man? You know, uh, I gotta be honest with you, can't complain. Um, but that's mostly because I've kind of just given up on uh, the 2021 season being a good one. Just just leaning into that. Already? Yeah, yeah. I I think it's time to. I don't know. Like like, I think it's safe to say that this has been a you know, a somewhat negative stretch of time if you're an RSL fan. Well, Um, before we get into all of your negativity, let me say a couple of things real quick. First of all, Happy New Year to all of RSL Nation mm. and Scarf Life podcast community. It feels like we haven't done this since last year. Yeah, man, it's it's been a really long year this week. (laughs) It has been. And the second thing I wanted to say... In calendar year 2021, our beloved Real Salt Lake is undefeated. Give that some thought. Yeah, I mean. Undefeated. Yeah. Nothing but a winning streak. Right. I mean, you could just as easily say we haven't won a game all year. It's all a matter of outlook, I guess. You know, I'm 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 more of like um, the beer glass is half full kind of a guy, sure. Then half empty. But sure, hey, sure. that's why we make a good pairing on this here podcast of Scarf Life. So Baker, what's up? Have a, um, going into this new year, it's kind of, I have a good feeling about this year. Just so you know, before no, you start, no, totally you don't. I I know for a fact a you year. don't. I have a good feeling about this year, but I'll tell you later why. And I will give you a little sneak peek. It's because I have very low expectations. Let me repeat that. Very low expectations. Right. And let me say one other thing. Mm. My expectations for Real Salt Lake in calendar year 2021 have almost nothing to do with the team's performance on the pitch. So that's why I'm a happy man. Oh, Baker, why don't you tell these people what we got to tell them? Then we tell them, and we'll tell them what we told them. Yeah, I, that's fair, I suppose. Um, and, and I think that that really bodes to why I am feeling the way I am feeling is because it's not like RSL isn't making moves. It's been it's it's been a pretty busy stretch of of time here. So we made a couple of signings. We uh, well, we made a signing. We brought back more than one signing. Yeah. Well, we brought back two guys. I don't consider that a signing. Um, we Someone brought back their name on a piece of paper. Okay, okay. And you know, we we signed an assistant coach. Um, a few guys got called up to a camp, and uh, you know, the really big news. And uh, you know, shame on me for not wishing you uh, a happy uh, league taking over the sale of Utah Soccer LLC Day. Uh, today is. Is January eighth, twenty twenty one. It should be a state holiday. So yes, hap- happy league taking over the sale of RSL Day to everybody. Uh, um, you know, we've got some, we've got some news regarding that. So yeah, pl- plenty to talk about. Let's dive right into it. Well, I mean, so the big one is RSL 
did make a player signing. And, you know, I, I think given the state of ownership, we knew that it wasn't going to be like a big DP level player. You know, it, it was it was good to be realistic about what kind of reinforcements we were going to expect before we can get some of that money. And uh, with with that all being said and with that in mind, RSL did sign one uh, Rubio Rubin uh, and striker. He most recently played his soccer for uh, what's Landon Donovan's team, that USL team? San Diego. The San Diego Loyal. Lopez. Loyal. Oh, yeah. okay. It's the Loyal, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's, you know, I, it, it's cool to see some signings being made, obviously. Um, but I think if, like, if you're looking at this guy and you're thinking, like, you know, here's our new, like, crazy center forward striker that's going to be putting them away left and right, that's, that, that's not the case here. Um, he was doing pretty good for himself at the San Diego Loyal. Uh, he he was only there for a month. Uh, he was coming from the second Mexican league, um, but he, he found the back of the net. I want to say something like four times in the span of a month for uh, San Seven Diego. Times, five games. Yeah, so can't can't knock that. Um, you know what? If he can, if he can if he can do an average of seven goals in five games for us, right? I'm good with that. Um, I mean, I you know like, and and I think this is one of those things where not here to rag on the USL but it is a difference of of talent between the USL and the and the MLS um you know and and I think that's yeah, where there's, there's a I mean look there's a huge difference a huge difference in talent and competition between the USL and the MLS I mean even if you look at some of our own boys right I mean Michael Michael Chang I th- I would say did pretty well for RSL he was a beater for the Monarchs, right? Right. Douglas Martinez, same thing, right? Absolute killer down there. Came up, yeah, not so much. But we have also seen some success in that space. I mean, right. Plenty of success in that space. So, I don't know, man. Any kid that can score, and he, here's when you read, almost said the obituary, because a lot of the writing about him seems like a former super talented potential u.s great right right rubio rubin signs with rsl then you actually get into him it's like he's 24 years old yeah yeah he's 24 years old man right and all the literature on him reads like again like an obituary like oh right he's going to this place to play his final days no man this guy has got a decade of soccer in him i think he's got plenty to play for Right. I'm not sure right. what the second Mexican league pays, but I know the USL doesn't pay much. He right, probably right. sees this as a huge step up. Yeah, and, yeah, for sure. And and I'll be completely honest, never heard of the kid before. Oh, right? really? Before we signed him? Never. Oh. Never so, that I remember, right? I'm okay. sure then he must have been. T- so when I heard the name, I was like, Ricky Rubio? <laughs> Okay. No, not well, quite. At least that's you know okay. So we're just gonna be crossing the ball in now because he's probably still taller than any soccer player in the league. Um, but no, never heard of this kid before. <laughs> at least that I remember. Right. Um, so and, and yeah. So when I when I think of 
Rubio Rubin. It's 100% in context of the U.S. men's national team. But that's only because there was this like crazy stretch of there was this I want to say it was like over the spring or summer uh, where he was picking between uh, the U.S. men's national team and uh, the Mexican national team. So he's I think he has the availability to play for uh, three countries, the U.S., uh, Mexico, and then I th- I want to say Guatemala is, is, is where his mom's from. Uh, don't quote me on that. Um, and, and like there was this, cause yeah, I mean, you know, to your point, like everything about him does read like an obituary where it's like this former, you know, he, he's got real like gill energy where it's like everyone's eyeing this dude and like the ceiling is so high that, you know, to your point, the kid's 24. Inevitably, I think the pressure was just way too high and he could never really, you know, deliver on the club level with with these expectations but yeah like i heard of him but it was mostly this like bidding war of the u.s not losing another talented player to uh the mexican national team yeah okay maybe that's him then maybe i remember maybe and he, he was uh in la liga's mx club with uh, club tijuana and then he did a a, a loan with their second tier affiliate dorados Dorados. I'm sure I said that correctly. <laughs> I'm, I am sure you didn't. Well, look, where where there is smoke, there is fire, as the former governor of California once famously said. He also said, I will be back. So you know which one I'm talking about. Right. I think this kid should come into Salt Lake, to, to, to Real Salt Lake, with a chip on his shoulder. All of this talk about him. And he played over in Europe, in Holland, for a while. Oh, he's been all over. He's he's if basically if there's a country in Scandinavia, he's played there. But that means there's something there. That yeah, means there's yeah. something there. You don't you do not by the age of twenty four go through all of that and clubs keep giving you chances, keep paying you money to kick around a soccer ball if they don't see something there. But all of them apparently eventually don't seem in something enough worth keeping. And I, I, from what I, the way I read his career, ever right. since about 2012, it's been a downward slope. Well, not even 2012, like 2014 apparently. I mean, because that was the last time he featured for the national team, the, the the first team national team, right? So I mean, that was six years ago, and he's still 24. So. Ever since the age of 18, seems to have been a downward slope, right? He goes to Europe, then he goes to Mexico, then he goes to the second division of Mexico, then he goes to the second division of the United States. And now, it's almost like it should be the light at the end of the tunnel. Not that he's at the end of the tunnel, but now there's some light. Now he's back in the top division in the United States after, you know, a couple of pretty dreadful stings, or at least, I'm not even talking about performance, but stints as far as, you know, where he had to play, second division in Mexico, second division in the U.S. If I'm him, I'm, I'm thinking this is maybe not my last chance, but it's my last chance to become a star, right? He can go on and make a basic living for the rest of his life playing the way he's playing, but this is one of his last chances to maybe make it big. Uh, so I hope he's excited. I hope he comes in with a chip on his shoulder. Right. 
and and you know does an average of seven goals every five games. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, he's he's definitely, you know, he has all the motivation um, for, you know, as far as something to play for. Um, just so we're we're on the same same page, he did feature as recently as twenty eighteen uh, for in a friendly. So. He, oh, he, that. Yeah, yeah. It, it's under the uh, detailed stats section of transfer marked. Anyway, um, it, it's it it'd be nice to sign a guy that doesn't have a chip on his shoulder for a change, that doesn't have anything to prove, that's just coming in, you know, to be good. Like th- that'd be a nice change of pace at this point. Um, that being said. I like there's there's obviously some like you know I've I've seen quite a bit of video at this point and like there's obviously there's obviously talent there um but I think I think there is a there is a pretty well established ceiling I I think I think he's going to come in I think solid depth piece um good guy to have on the bench probably push for like first team minutes but I don't think this is the dude that's going to realistically like suddenly salvage the 2021 season by any stretch of the imagination. Well, again, that depends on your definition of what success in 2021 looks like. I mean, if if you look at who is up against, when I'm currently thinking our offensive core, and by that I mean our quote-unquote forwards. Right. Excuse me, because my number one forward right now is the mirror, and he's not a forward. All right. So you get Baird up there. I mean, we're in a position where Baird is a must play. And honestly, I think he has done enough, considering whether, you know, the, the state of the rest of the club, that he has to be a must play. Other than that, every other, everyone's position is up for grabs right now. So... We, we can't be looking at him comparing ourselves to, you know, the SKCs of the world. I mean, extreme example, because they they have their one number nine, right? Right, on Polito. Right. And, but for, I mean, I'm just glad we're looking for forward. Yeah, yeah. We're, it, we're, we're clearly not setting up to win the cup next year. Right. So, but, but considering and- that, I think he can be an improvement. I'm not sure what is. Uh, they, they probably didn't release his salary or no, they they didn't. But it, it's so. the the rumor floating around is that it's not even Tam money. Yeah. So, so there you go. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's if I'm the GM and I'm sitting there, I'm like, well, first of all, I'm like, do do I have a job tomorrow? Right. You know, who's gonna be my boss? But right after I'm done thinking that, I'm thinking, oh, Rubio Ruben, what's the worst that could happen? I mean, the worst that could happen is you have a dude that goes bust, and now he's taking up a roster spot. Like that—that that is a big deal. Let's be really clear about that. Right, it's a big deal, but yeah. I mean, I, what's okay? What's, so, what's so the alternatives? There was something that you said in an earlier podcast last year that I actually think makes a lot of sense this year, and that's about having answers to some really big important questions and you know it, it was like who's going to be our goalie and yeah, and that, i think as 20, yeah as 2020 progressed 
and that season ended. I think those questions that you originally asked are like 2021. I think every RSL fan is very realistic. We aren't competing for anything. Not even the U.S. Open Cup. There, there is no silverware that we can say, yeah, I think we have a reasonable shot at this. So I'll take the Rocky Mountain Cup at this point. Yes, literally. Um, I mean, if we can keep the team here, right? That, that's and the win season. the Rocky Mountain Cup. I mean, the RMC is just bonus at this point, right? Okay, right. But so where I was going with that is like for twenty. So what I what I'm where I was going with you know you having those questions is for 2022, it'd be nice for that not to be the case anymore. And in order for that to happen, we have to have answers to questions like, who's our go-to striker? And right now, that guy's not on the roster, like straight up. And it's not so much that that guy's not even on the roster. It's I'll go so far as to say that we don't really even know what we're looking for anymore. Like, right. there are technically 10 names in the quote-unquote, like, you know, granted, like, seven of those dudes are all wingers. Um, but but I don't think the signing of Rubio Rubin changes that. Like, I, I don't think suddenly it's like we have a good idea of what we're doing in attack. Um, and, and I think that's the part that is is a little bit frustrated. I, I think the kid's a, a, one of those, like, uh, you know, diamonds in the coal, and we, and we just we found some value where there wasn't a lot of value to be found. Obviously, that's a hell of a claim to make before he's even played a single minute in Clarendon Cobalt. But it's also the type of thing where, you know, it'd be good to have a more permanent answer down the line. And obviously I'm asking for something that I know the GM can't even give us if he wanted to. Right. Right. So, look, not much to lose. Uh, okay upside, pretty low downside. Right. Screw it, let's do it. I think it, the MLS is the kind of MLS is the kind of league where, again, the, we'll get to this later. But like, depending on what the ownership looks like next year, or mm-hmm. hopefully this year, hopefully this year. <laughs> um, look, man, one good off season can completely change the team dynamics. Right. You need you need about two, three, a couple of big signings, another two or three solid signings, and you you completely change your team around. Yeah, I mean. It, it, the the Seattle Sounders method of doing business is yeah. you tank for the first three months and then you go sign Ladero and you all of a sudden win you know seriously compete for the cup. Um, the yeah. the one thing I will say that I love about the signing is I think they've acknowledged that the out and out you know traditional quote unquote center nine isn't gonna do it. Um, he's the kid brings a real plata energy, kind of that like false nine. You know, like go wreak havoc in the space between the fullbacks and center backs. Like, I, I, th- I think we're finally acknowledging the fact that we need to weaponize our midfield. Um, and I, I think, I think signing a false nine and somebody who can, you know, play that role a little less traditionally, should I say, is is a good, good step in the right direction. Yeah, I agree. And let's see what happens. And honestly, I agree with you. This kid is probably not the long-term solution. So if we're going to treat the season as an experiment, let's experiment. Absolutely. Could be a diamond in the rough. Could be a whatever. Could be just a bust. We're not risking the, the club's future on it. So right. let's see what happens. 
maybe we are the one club that brings this the best out of this kid. Because obviously a lot of people for the past eight plus years have seen something really special in him. Right. That, that's worth at least checking out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you and know, if the price is not too high, why not? Sure. So Freddie works yeah. well with young players. So maybe, maybe, maybe yeah, yeah, something he, there. he seems like it doesn't work well with like when they just get a little bit older, right? Which is like what this kid is. So let's get to the second signing. And it's a re-signing in this case. It's Justin Glad. Yeah. I'm super excited about this guy. Four years, I, man. Yep, and he's been with us since 2014. I think I've made my opinions of Justin Glad very well known over the years. I think his ceiling is nowhere near where we thought it was going to be because I fully ex- expected Justin Glad by this point in his career, at least a couple of years ago. By this point, I expected him to be playing in Europe, like yeah. a major team in Europe. He reminded right. me of so many center backs that I'm watching weekend in, weekend out in the big European leagues. I think his ceiling is lower than what we thought. But honestly, his ceiling being what I think it is now, which is, again, much lower than I thought it was, Justin Glad is still a starting caliber center back in any, or basically any club in the MLS, in my opinion. I think a few podcasts ago, I was talking about what guys I would like to keep and which ones I wouldn't. Right. And my differentiator, you know, with this re-rebuilding year that we're doing, the guys I'd like to keep are the guys I can see myself winning a championship with. Right. right? Yep. This is why I want Ochoa in goal. This is why I love Herrera. This is why I love, love Everton. Right. I love Demir. Those guys can win me a championship. I'm, I'm not sure if I missed anyone there, but none of the majors that I can think of. Like I can win a championship. I mean, Albert, but. No, yeah, I don't think that I can one's win complicated. A with Albert. Yeah, I know. I'm, I, would, I would get rid of Albert right away. And I think we have a perfect opportunity this upcoming summer when his value hopefully skyrockets, right? Um, so, no, I don't think I can win with Albert. I don't think Albert has a winning mentality. But Justin wow. Glad is in that group for me. Good thing he's not our captain. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that kind of reflects the state of the club, doesn't it? It it really do it really anyway. Sorry for the tangent. Keep going. This is about Glad, not at Albert. Justin Glad is on that list for me. I can win a championship with Glad. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that Justin Glad, dude. Oh, is extended. I, I if I have to read a Glad pun, one more. I I almost did it what, on our Twitter. Wait, did someone else do it. I mean, basically anyone that's ever tweeted about Real Salt Lake tweeted a Glad pun. When those you're n- telling I, me this was not an original thought. Uh, you're so annoying. So, <laughs> so I, I don't want to do a whole lot of agreeing with you. Uh, just, you know, mostly out of principle, but yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, most out of principle. Um, but yeah, Solely Justin Glad can absolutely have a amazing career in the MLS. Yes. Um, just to be clear, no shame in that. Like the league has gotten to a point where you will make a very good living for yourself getting to play soccer. Um, I, I think to your point, a starting level center back in most, if not all, uh, teams in the league. Um, and he can absolutely do well for himself. I'll mm-hmm. go so far as to say that if he wants to go to like Europe, you know, go nuts and like, you know, 
the second Spanish league or something. Like there's definitely like opportunities there. Or in Sweden or Yeah, know. yeah. There's there's you know, there there are leagues where he will do well for himself, but I think he can have an outstanding like franchise player career if he be if he, you know, becomes essentially an MLS lifer. And I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked if he does that. I would absolutely love that to be for us. Um <laughs> I, I, do I still think, think he's got a future in the national team. Yeah, I don't know, man. I used to think that, and well, yeah, I used to it, think that too. But you also used to think he sh he should be able to cut it in like the Bundesliga or the Serie. Or maybe not the Serie, but like yeah, I don't know the Spanish league. For sure, it, it, there was a stretch of time where, like year over year, he was growing. If he had maintained that rate of growth. It would like it wouldn't be crazy be to say right. Justin Glad is a is a top twenty five center back in the world. Like that, you know, th there was a there was a stretch of time when saying that out loud wasn't like super far fetched or crazy. Like, well, you you it it was, but saying saying when he was say eighteen, th yes, that that was that possible. He should be at that level by the time he's twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven. You know, that's possible. Right. I think his ceiling, I think we agree on this, man. His ceiling is nowhere near For sure. what we thought it was. And and just to be clear, one, it's, one, not, one it's more. not like he's 28. He's, he's 23 he's years 23. old. Three, yeah. Right. So, but, so, but but as far as the that rate of growth. So yeah. let me say something selfishly. Okay. I'm glad. Because <laughs> that means we keep him. I think he is as good a center back as we can hope for at this point. It yeah. Might, it might be he's, – he's, he's like one of our top three players right now, if you think about it. So I, I think defensively he's – especially given the current state of the roster. Oh, I meant the whole field. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't say top three. Um, well, Herrera is in there because he had an incredible last year, but let's remember right. he had a crappy year before, right? So let me sure. see that out of him one more time. Yeah, I, I get what you're getting at. I, I think so. Just to be clear, I think Justin Glad is an absolute must start, and that includes those big games at the end of the year where he keeps being pulled from the roster. Yeah, never like, understood. I, I don't know what it is with him and Freddie, but like at this point, it's a pretty regular thing where Justin Glad just finishes out the year on the bench. I don't know why. It was with Mike too, remember? It it yeah. Last I mean, he also Mike. got cut from the 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 January camp for the U.S. Men's National Team. Like th there are there are definitely some concerns there. Um, that's that isn't an option anymore. Like the loss of Netum means that at least yeah. given the current state of our roster. Next man up is I'm pretty sure Holt. Um, so oh, we're screwed. So yeah, like we like we, that area we have to go sign a, a CB. Um, and you know, no disrespect to Holt, but let's let's be realistic about the talent drop off between somebody like a Glad or a M Silva to Eric Holt. Yeah. Uh, well, listen. Let's just wrap this one up by saying love having Justin Glad back. I'm very excited, and I think it's very positive news that he is. Well, not back. He never left. Right. He has committed his longer-term future to RSL. Couldn't be happier. I Could will say I think that awesome. I, I think we end up selling him before that four-year mark. 
for well, we'll see. hopefully we'll a see. nice chunk of change. We'll see how he does. So if you're you're still expecting some upward growth and improvement in performance here. Oh, I can I'm see us trading him like in league. I'm 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 just expecting less of it. So glad he's back. All right, man. Let's get to the next point. You know that saying of uh, keep your friends close and your and your enemies closer and your enemies closer. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, I've heard it once or twice. Yeah, I never read anywhere about write them a check. <laughs> Hire them for key staff positions. Um, so. I'm assuming make, make them knows. second in command of your local soccer club that you love near and dear. So Pablo is back in Salt Lake City, this time as a friend. When you say Pablo, uh, just for those folks who have been living under a rock, uh, you are referring to, of course, former former Colorado, a player, like legend, but uh, head coach. Yes. I never know how to say his last name. Pablo Mastroni, I think Escobar. it is. <laughs> um. But yeah, basically, uh, Colorado's former head coach um, is was hired to be uh, Freddie Juarez's assistant coach for Real Salt Lake, and we no, have some you know, thoughts on that. So, a couple. I have many thoughts on this. Non-educated, just so you know. You know how you know you're in the doghouse in the soccer coaching community. You get fired from Colorado? Well, that's a start. But then you get hired. By Real Salt Lake? As, as Freddie Juarez, as assistant coach. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's that. Now, I'm half joking here. I think I haven't made it. There's, there's no question about the fact that I don't think Freddie Juarez is the best coach for Real Salt Lake. Also, there's no question about the fact that he's not going away anytime soon, at least this season. You know, no matter who buys it, and like, oh, let's just ride it out. Basically, you know oh, what really? I would do? Oh, really? We got to talk about that. Because I disagree with that. Let me, let me tell you something. You know what I'd be doing if I'm looking to buy RSL? I'd be, I'd be looking to buy them and I have a singular focus. Keep Albert Rushnak healthy to the summer. Let him go play in the Euro Cup, right? And then sell him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we've, like we've alluded to that once or twice. And then make half my money back. I'm kidding, not half my money, but that's where I make my money to build my roster for next year. So there's that. But let's get back to Pablo real quick. Yeah. Look, man, I'm not sure if the dude had a fair draw or not. When was the last time Colorado had a good coach? Right. I mean, they're doing pretty all right right now. Everyone's, everyone's equal right now. First of all, second of all, they couldn't get out of COVID last year. The only reason they made the play did they make the playoffs? I can't even remember at the end. They made the playoffs, but yeah, because there was that 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 handicap system. It wasn't a handicap system. It was, it was totally per, a handicap. It was like, points. Okay, just to be clear, just so because this is the part I don't like. RSL would not have made the playoffs even if we were using just points. Yeah. So. so Actually, I would. It completely I, I can't changed. say this for certain. No, no, no. It didn't completely change. A lot of the teams, I think, actually, all of the teams that made the playoffs were going to make the playoffs anyway. Bro, you're 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 drinking a Kool Aid. I'm uh, not drinking the Kool Aid. Uh, no, no, no. We can't. This we is, can't do this. We this is like saying. This is. Hold on. Hold on a second here, man. This is like saying like, 
yeah, sure, that goal that was that led to one zero should not have counted, but at the end, the game ended two zero anyways. Like, yeah, but also changed the entire the entire trajectory of the game. No, no, right? no. Them changing didn't that, change hold anything on. like that. It doesn't even matter. That's not where we're going here. I think Pablo gets a bad rap because he, I mean, he has had to head up a very crappy team for a very long time, first of all. Second of all, and there are three points here. I hope I remember all three by the time I get to them. All right. Second of all, it is still on the head coach to make something decent out of, a, out of even a crappy team. And he hasn't been able to do that. So that's bad. And he joins a coach who also wasn't able to do anything positive out of a bad situation. So now we have two of them. All right. And number three, remember how earlier I said, if we keep the team and win the Rocky Mountain Cup, it's a huge success this year. This proves it. Because now we can have Pablo. Here's what I want. Pablo Masteroni, Pablo Escobar, wearing an RSL top (laughs) in Colorado, holding up the Rocky Mountain Cup. That is our MLS Cup this year. If that happens, that picture... Mm. It's worth an MLS Cup this year. And I was half joking before, the club doing what they just did proves it. And let me get a bonus point on here real quick. Okay. Do you think Freddie wants Pablo there? No. Okay, thank you. Because I remember thinking when Mike Petke got signed as the uh, Monarchs coach. Yeah, it's got some strong Mike Petke vibes. (laughs) Yeah, which is bad. I don't want yeah. Pablo in charge. Right. And 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 so ultimately there are a lot of people, you know, referencing the the game, you know, what was that? 15 years ago now, uh where Pablo was stuffing his jersey down his pants and mm-hmm. was getting ready to like get into a fist fight, fist fight with uh, RSL's then owner, uh Checkets. Um like just to be clear, I love that kind of stuff. I love having bad guys to root against. I think if I'm going to be totally fair, more than I even love having good guys to root for. Like, you got to have a villain. And, it, you know, it's kind of like uh, Benny Failhaber. Like, I right. love to hate that guy. And Pablo falls pretty squarely in the I love to hate that guy field. Um, but that was a long time ago, and I... I couldn't care less. Like, the dude's moved on since then. He's a coach. I mean, he didn't even come to us from Colorado. We got him from the Houston Dynamo. So he's had a whole other job since he last represented anything to do with Colorado. What my problem is, is that Real Salt Lake, to your earlier point, has a tendency to kind of have a, a you know, promotion. You got to, yeah, you got to have a, you got to have a backup plan to your backup plan. And there, there is, it's essentially this guy's next up, I think, should Freddie be, you know, fired. And let, let's let's be really clear. Freddie is, co- is, is the head coach for arguably one of the worst tailspins in RSL history. Like, we're a bottom-tier team. We basically lost the last, I think, four or five games of our season. Um, we're not signing really great players we don't have an owner. Like things aren't looking great, so I I don't think it's it's entirely out of the picture 
to discuss a future without Freddy. And normally, I think I'd be fine with that. To your point, I think the dude's a fantastic, like, builder and, like, long-term kind of coach. But, you know, I don't know if he's MLS head coach caliber. That being said, if the next guy up is Pablo, that that's a step back. That's a step down. Like, I, I've I've watched a lot of his teams play. You know, when if if his record as head coach is anything to go by, I don't think he's the dude that suddenly turns it around for us. You know, I, I, I think his teams play a very defensive style. So, like, I remember the year Colorado almost won the Supporter Shield. It was 2016. He was the head coach during that time. And you go and look through their look through their match logs, and, and it reads like binary. 0, 1, 1, 0, 1, 0, 0, 1. Yeah, like, yeah. Ev- everything is onesie, twosies. And it's like, that that isn't a sustainable way to play this game. Um, hmm. for long periods no, of time because no. eventually the wheels come off. Well, first of all, to say things are not looking great at RSL is like saying in 1912, the Titanic took on some water, right? It's beyond things are not looking great. Things are looking very, very, very bad. I agree with everything you just said minus the whole, I don't care if we win 1-0 as long as we're winning. But here's the saving grace. We're talking about RSL as is. If you, when you hire a new head coach on a club, you change a lot about the club, but it takes a while for them to change the club, right? Because they have to get their own system in, their own players in, you know what I mean? Their own style of playing in. You can sometimes bring in a big player and, I mean, unless they just fit in within your system, you can, um, you know, change your club pretty quickly, but still, if you want to change your style, it, it's going to take a while. Changing ownership of a club, especially within the way that, you know, the MLS functions as a franchise system, literally changes the DNA of a club. So just because we have the DNA, in our DNA, it, it, it states that we promote from within. It's the next man up kind of a mentality. It's obviously not worked for us for the past decade plus. With new ownership, that can literally change overnight. Like that's not one of those things where it needs to take two, three years to change. Because now someone owns the club that makes the decisions, the final decisions. So I'm not so sure that Pablo is the next man up, depending on who gets the team. So I guess we'll see what happens there. Is that enough about Pablo? I mean, uh, I I doubt this will be the last time in a short amount of time we, it, we... It's just, look, it's just weird, okay? Yeah, At the end of the day, it's going to take some getting used to. Yeah, and I mean, crap, are we going to have no one to hate anytime soon? Yeah, Fail we'll, Harbor they'll, gone. All be, they'll all be working for us. <laughs> right, right, there's some of that. I need some bad guys. And you know what, you know what else I like? I like bad guys to root for. Like, he's never been bad enough to me for for me that I would, you know, really... He's not a Benny to me, right? Mike Petke I could root for because he was a bad guy on my side kind of a thing. All right, man, let's move on to our next uh, agenda item here, if I may say so. We have a couple of dudes uh, getting called up to the national level. Well, under 23. On Is it the state level? 
What do you mean state level? Is it like the Utah under 23? No, man, it's the U.S. men's national team under is it, 23. Um, is it a regional thing? It's like it's, the I get what you're getting at, but like that's an important distinction. The under what, 23s and the senior team are two different teams. Right. So, so what level were they called up to? Under 23s. On what level? The national team level. Ah, there we go. For the under 23 <laughs> team, though. And it couldn't happen to better guys. And I honestly think both of these guys might eventually potentially have serious chances at the senior team someday. <laughs> One of the problems is that I think their competitions play for some of the most premier clubs in the world. Right. Right. Literally. In, in senior level. Yep. Uh, did you watch, um, what's his name, play for Man City last week? Yeah, he, he did pretty all right. Uh, he didn't do crap. He has, I think he had two shots on goal. One was like a header that, went flew three miles an hour oh we're not and talking the about the same do... man city guy then we're talking about the goalie what's his name the the crew zach guy Steffen. yeah zach Steffen. they they won three one he had nothing to do all game so there's nothing he can do about that right okay i, I see which i was like i was like what are you getting at with that okay so we are talking about the same guy yeah, yeah, yeah. zach Steffen. Yeah, so right. anyway so uh herrera and ochoa got called up to u.s men's national under 23 team camp Yep. And the reason yeah. I was saying that is because Ochoa, first of all, um, like I said, Zach Steffen is a competition in the senior team. So it's going to take a while to right. overtake that guy. And then Aaron Herrera, <laughs> I mean, he has probably had the best year on of his life last year, right, from a um, sports performance side. But in the national team, his, his um, competition is Dest. Right. He's literally now starting every game for Barcelona. Not, All right. not, a, not a bad place to be. Not, not the worst place to be. I mean, Barcelona is a dumpster fire right now, but that's beyond the point. That's like, sure. He's you know, doing you his be, part. You, you could be, a, you know, a bench warmer in Barcelona. It's probably still not the worst place to be. So, but either way, man, I, I really think these dudes, and maybe we don't have this, but I think we should talk about uh, Ochoa as we get to our next talking point as well. Right. I really think these are a couple of youngsters, as I said before, I can I I I can see us winning a championship with. It's A the skill set. I thought Herrera had an incredible year last year. I think we have said that many, many times. I think we and, gave him the team MVP. Oh, did we? I didn't even I I, I forgot about that. When I say we, I mean you and I. I don't think he's like the actual Okay. Oh, he's okay. definitely the defensive say. player of the year yeah, for the yeah. team. I always think that's such a silly, like they're actually giving someone a defensive player of the year. Like there's only three. But anyways, um, <laughs> but the MVP, yeah, no, you and I, I think, agree he should be MVP. He's our best player last year, best player last year. Um, and Ochoa, Ochoa, I think, Ochoa is the biggest opportunity missed last year for me. I think I've said this enough times by now. That kid should have been starting, if not all year. Right. The moment we realized the season is in the crapper. Right. There's going to yep. be some weird tournament, right? The world has stopped spinning for a while. And we really don't have a chance to win this whole thing anyways. All right, let's play. These, the number one thing that we should have experimented with was Ochoa. 100% he makes agree. mistakes. I've seen him make plenty of mistakes, but his skill set is through the roof, man. His ceiling is so high. You know what else I love about that kid? Same thing I love about Herrera. Attitude. Kids got attitude. They're there to win. They're not there to compete. They're there to win. Yeah. So all I'm saying here is we don't have to belabor the point because we've talked about them enough over the past few months. 
uh, congratulations, boys. Yeah. Make so, us proud. So the this bullet point does bleed into the next one. And that so the Olympics are going to happen this Supposedly. year. They should have happened. Yeah. Okay, right? Allegedly are gonna happen this year. <laughs> they were supposed to happen last year. Uh, but you may have heard of COVID kind of putting a putting an end to that. And soccer is one of the events at the Olympics, but uh, for those of you who don't know, um, there is an age limit, and it is essentially the under-23s that compete on behalf of a nation at the Olympics, and it is very likely that Ochoa will be the starting goalkeeper for that under-23 side. Um, so it, it, it's, it is very likely that he will miss long stretches of the summer you know assuming the united states makes it to the olympics in the first place but they should mm-hmm. um so yeah we, we you know i do think we see quite a bit of him at the start of the year and then hopefully followed by a long stretch in the middle where he's kind of gone for a bit handling and handling a business on behalf of the stars and stripes with that yeah, being don't said, you have a oh sorry with that being said i was gonna say it does kind of beg the question, who who's up next in that position? And before <laughs> today, the answer would have had to be Zach McMath. Right. What he happened to Zach McMath? Uh, he is still on the team. He's still on the roster. I, I think he signed a multi-year thing, which that's right. scary. Uh, but fortunately for us, it looks like Putna also re-signed, not looks like, it. Putna re-signed it, it's yes. official with the team uh, today. Now look, man, we're making a lot of crazy assumptions here. I think Putna, if nothing changes in the club structure between now and whenever we kick the season off, I'm assuming it will still be March. I think Putna is still a starting goalie. I, no way. No I'll way. I'll money on that right now. Again, <sighs> If nothing changes in the structure, and by that, I don't mean ownership. I mean coaching. Right. Ownership can come in and change coaching, obviously. If Freddy, uh, if Freddy Juarez is our head coach, come first game of the season, Patna is our starting goalie. You heard it here first, folks. I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I could definitely see a scenario where what you just said is, you know, true and is actually what's going on but i would be shocked like like my my understanding is that the reason ochoa didn't start last year earlier than he did i mean not start he essentially finished out the season he had the game at the very end was because the usl had a Mm -hmm. separate quarantine protocol than the mls and he had to like essentially quarantined for an additional two weeks without playing anywhere. I think it was 10 days. Yeah. Right. So I'm really hoping that, you know, he's doing whatever he needs to do as far as quarantine or whatever, and he can join the senior team right out of the gate. Oh, I'm not saying it's the quarantine thing. I think Patna starts the season because Freddie needs some wins. And in Freddie's mind, Patna is a more ready, stable ready now goalie <clears throat> than Ochoa. Ooh, I, I haven't thought about the whole Freddie needs some wins thing. Yeah. That's actually a pretty interesting dynamic. 
Everybody got bills to pay, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta keep that check coming. Yeah, I mean, you know, let, let's be really clear. I, he's probably not in safe of a position as he was at the start of last year. Um, right. Oh man, that does change the dynamic quite a bit. Hey man, you already made the bet, burrito. I mean, we definitely didn't make a bet, but sure. Um, Soon. Look, I don't that know. doesn't mean I think it's right. I think Ochoa should be starting over Putna. And you know, you know what we could have done last year to not have this debate right now? Start Ochoa a bunch more games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Right back to that whole thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's an interesting dynamic. You, I, I hate having my mind changed uh, on air. Uh, but you could be right. I mean, yeah, if you're Freddie and, you know, we just hired Pablo, who's just like waiting in the wings, mm-hmm. um, you're, you're probably thinking you got to put, put together a couple W's here real quick. Because, yeah. you know, the new ownership is thinking what I just said they're thinking, which is like, let's make it to summer, sell off uh, uh, <laughs> Albert, and then use that money to finance our roster next year, basically, right? You already got a bunch of these youngsters locked into contracts, right? We got Ochoa there. We got Glad there. We got this Rubio kid. Um, they will also be confused about why a basketball players playing forward for Raul Salt Lake, but whatever, right? But a bunch of the other kids locked in, and they're thinking, listen, man, <clears throat> we need like two, three, not like world banger transfers. We need like two or three $2 million players, Right. That we can add to our we roster. Need, we need two or three highest RSL players ever. Okay. Right. Well, listen, new ownership. But for someone like Ryan from Qualtrics or whatever, that's nothing. That's $6 million a year. But he can sell Albert for $6 million and just he just finances roster. Oh, you think Albert's year. going for six mil? I don't know what the hell he's going for. But no way, man. If he goes to the – I mean, if he's a starter – for a Euro Cup team, and if if he does even quasi well, he should go for six mil. Six mil is absolutely nothing on the world transfer uh, market. Six million is zero, Bane. Zero. Have you seen what these guys are going for these days? And I'm not talking Messi and Ronaldo, right? Well, yeah, I'm obviously. Talking like, I'm talking like a West Ham midfielder going to like whatever Brownfield United. I mean, I'm. Okay, okay hold on. And answer this question for me. Do you mm-hmm. think Albert Ruchnak has the skill set to do well in the championship of England? So the, the second English league. Oh, yes. Really? Yes. Do, okay. So do you I don't think, think he's him- cut out for England? That's a bad. That's, that's a bad example, but yes, I, I do think so, yes. So do you think the reason he's – like, by MLS standards, he's he's not a top-five attacking midfielder, statistically. Right. Do you think his lack of a – at least statistically being able to deliver in in our league and for our team is simply because he doesn't care? I think that's got a lot to do with it, yes. Ooh, man, we're getting all the juicy bits today. <laughs> it's not this, the only thing, but I think it's got a lot to do with it. Yeah. This this is a fun one. This is a fun I mean, episode. The guy goes over to the national team and plays like freaking like a rock star. Have you seen him play for Slovakia? I have. He's killing it. 
he he does all right there. That's for sure. And, I mean, they do and, play him entirely on the wing, and it's it's probably worth that. noting he's also surrounded by a higher caliber team. And and he's also not the captain, and he's also doesn't he does not have the kind of responsibility. Not the highest has. paid guy on the field. So maybe maybe. He's a really good, and I think a lot of people, a lot of players, you have to remember when you're a professional athlete on the top levels, that you didn't become that overnight. You were probably the best player in your, you know, um, elementary school, your middle school, your high school, whatever, in college, you're always the best player or one of the best players in your teams. So when, it, when you make it pro, I think it's hard to sometimes say, Hey, I'm going to be a role player. Maybe he's best served in a role player capacity. And he's a role player for his national team. At Real Salt Lake, he's the centerpiece. Maybe, I don't know, maybe that's the difference. I do not think it's as simple as he should play a different position. Because the Lord knows we tried that too. Yeah, yeah, we did. I, I, and let's also I, not forget one other thing. He was an absolute rock star there for a while when he first joined us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it is worth noting that the league didn't have a lot of tape on him, so he was kind of a hard dude to defend. Obviously, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you saw it with Lodero. There was a drop-off from his first to second years because now guys know what to look for. But then pick right back up afterwards. Yeah. Because you know I mean, <laughs> Lodero's got that mentality. Sure. He's okay being the guy constantly hunted. I was I, I was watching a really interesting thing. Well, not I was I was watching a really boring thing a couple of weeks ago, which was a Barcelona game. All right, and that's not you know it's just a Barcelona game. It was like six in the morning, whatever's on the TV. But during the halftime report, I saw something that I never noticed before, and I must have watched Messi. I must have watched Messi play at least a couple hundred times over the years, right? This analyst actually drew a box and connected all of the opposing players. Everyone but like the two forwards for the whole 45 minutes and then like kind of sped it up. Every time Barcelona had the ball and was in attack, these guys literally formed like a perfect circle or square around Messi. That was their only focus. I mean, the circle of square was big enough to where it can, they can expand and cover others a little bit. But it was, I mean, it cannot be by accident. It was in the entire 45 minutes, or at least like the 30 minutes when Barcelona was attacking, right? And this dude still does. So as I was saying, it was the greatest set of comments anyone has ever made in a podcast. Oh, hey, RSL Nation. That that wasn't funny. Don't do that. (laughs) Apologies. Apparently, we had some technical difficulties caused by either one of three things, okay? Zoom, option one, right? The internet in general, option two. Or the baker, option three. So you pick your choices yeah, here. M- my what? fault that you don't know how technology works. Okay, what's sounds the, good. Keep going. You were, most... you were going on and on and on about how dope Messi still is and about how he's still well, the, the guy. Reason, listen, I'm not, I'm, I, don't, I don't want to talk about Messi here. But the reason I was bringing up Messi is because 
I think Albert doesn't have that messy gene in him. And everyone that's listening is like, well, no, duh, right? I think he's more comfortable and there's nothing wrong with this in a, in a, in a supporting role capacity. I think when he first joined RSL, the expectation of him was like, meh, and he killed it. And then as soon as season two, expectation was high, started dropping off. I mean, now captain, now he's speaking got, on behalf of the team. I mean, let me ask you this question. I've got a if problem you, with that. Hold on. So before you, before you get to no, that. No, 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 no. This is important. You're saying the expectation year. He was literally being brought on to replace Javi. Like, mm. I'd say the expectation was more or less there day one. I don't think he knew it. Do you think he knew who Javier Morales was playing at the Man City Academy? I mean, I'm sure he Whatever has Google. He like, yeah. I, 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 here's the thing. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like he watched every single Real Salt Lake game. But I would like to think that his agent was like, hey, yo, BT Dubs, uh, they're like, you know, basically favorite human being ever left. And that's why you're being brought on. FYI. Okay, would you would you agree with me that the pressure on him then was anywhere near what it was or it is now? No, I mean now it's like, hey, dude, you're the highest paid player, you're the captain, yeah. and like if we're losing, we're all looking at you to make something happen. Yeah. And statistically okay. speaking, you haven't been able to do that for a hot minute. Oh, forget statistically speaking. Statistically speaking, the only thing Kyle Beckerman ever led us in is fouls and cards. But we love him for it. <laughs> But statistically speaking, do you know the Becker man? <laughs> the Becker man. The Be God, I'm gonna miss. You know how much I miss being at Rio Tinto. Anyways, I mean not just being at Rio Tinto, but like the way we remember it, right? Um, where was I? Oh yeah. But we love Kyle Beckerman because he was a captain. Kind of failed me end of this year. I, I've said this out loud. I was I was gonna say I was waiting for you to take a dig <laughs> at Kyle for some. I, am, I don't know what he did to you. Like if the dude cut you off in take, traffic or something, but you gotta let this go, man. I will take ten percent of the responsibility for Kyle Beckerman retiring to my comments. Yes, that's how highly I think of myself. My our little podcast that six people listen to made Kyle Beckerman retire. I'm kidding, obviously, but that's not the point. The point is, yeah, we missed him as a captain. A team needs a captain, and the captain goes well beyond just performance. Kyle Beckerman was the captain for us for, I don't know, when did he actually take the armband over? A decade ago? I don't even know. I just assumed he was born with it, kind of like he <laughs> came out of his mother's <laughs> womb, and it was just embedded in his flesh. He might have been born with it. But he was the captain for many years. I cannot and correct. Maybe I'm maybe I'm having selective memory here. I cannot remember one time, and I literally mean one time, where Albert Rushnak was our captain. And I'm like, I'm happy he's our captain. Like he did something that's I don't know what's the word here, captainial. So <laughs> captain I, I don't worthy. Yeah, I, I get what you're getting at, I, and I, I think, I think Albert's one of those dudes. Just to be clear, I've been very critical of the man, essentially middle of last year through year to date. Um, I, I, th 
I think he's the type of guy where he, I think, genuinely tries. But I, I you know, I, I think, I think it's the whole like soccer as a business and the Manchester Academy and his dad being a coach at the Manchester Academy and like this is his livelihood and you know not that it isn't a livelihood for all those but like you look at somebody like a Javi and you know like you could see the the like the kid in him that was still like happy to play the game um and I think that's what Albert lacks to his defense I think of moments like you know after that Houston game where he kind of essentially bailed us out and scored those two goals in like the 88th and 93rd minute or something like that. Yeah, that moment. Mm -hmm. He came back and afterwards, you know, he's like, it it shouldn't come to this. Like he was kind of calling out the rest of the team and going, because I remember that game pretty vividly. Like we were the better team for long stretches of time and like we just couldn't make it happen. And you could see the frustration and anger in him. Like like this isn't acceptable it, it, despite the fact that he won. So I, I do think he has that drive to make the team genuinely better. But yeah, to your point, those moments, like at least publicly, are few and far between, and they're hard to like notice. Um, and, and yeah, I, I really, you know, I don't know if this makes him a great captain or what even a great captain is anymore, but I don't know, man. There's definitely an it factor that he is missing in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And, and maybe, I don't know, maybe we, maybe we'd be selling like the greatest thing that has ever happened to us. I don't know. Maybe he was off to name a team, right? Celtic. And, and just again, a world beater and just kills everyone and everything over there at all times. And if he does that, I hope he does. Right. But, Maybe it's a mental thing. I don't know. And here's the other thing. If he does that, there are players. Like, remember, what's his name? Salcedo. Mm-hmm. Salcedo left us. I never knew why the hell we let him go. I thought he was a great player. I thought he gave everything he had all the time. He was a problem child. But so was Aaron Herrera, right? So was Ochoa. Some, some, some kids are just, that's just some people's kids, right? Is what I'm trying to say here. And so I'm like, oh, crap, man. Look what all the good stuff he's doing. I feel so like, why isn't he doing that for us? We, we lost something. We, we, we let someone go way before we should have, right? I don't feel that way about Albert. I think he can like, if, if he were to leave tomorrow and goes off to the Celt- Celtic. Who came up with Celtic? That was your, you, did you just say Celtic? I yeah. did. So he goes off to Celtic and he just kills it over there. Wins the championship and the Champions League and every other trophy that god has ever put on this green earth right i would not i wouldn't say i wouldn't think oh we lost out on someone then i would say maybe it was just he wasn't his head wasn't in it right i i i i'd replace head with heart and you know like i i think i sometimes get the sense and i this was supposed to be about a whole different subject, and then we brought yeah, Albert how, how into did it. Albert get on this? But, Albert but I, to be on the discussion agenda today. I, I look at him, and I get the sense that here's a dude that, whether it's true or not, doesn't matter, but genuinely believes that he is above the the situation he's in, whether that be the league or the team or you know the competition or however you want to interpret that. 
I, I think he wakes up and goes to work in the morning and thinks he's better than the situation around him that he's found himself in. And I think that's the part where if he were to move on and be extremely successful, like, yeah, I, I wouldn't, there wouldn't be like nostalgia there. Like I wouldn't go, oh man, I wish he had done that for us or why couldn't he do that for yeah. us? It'd be like he was never going to be able to do that for us, unfortunately. Yeah. Or didn't anyway. want to or whatever. We did have one more topic of conversation that was actually worth discussing today. It's kind of a big deal. Mm -hmm. Today, as we stated at the start of this podcast, is January the 8th, Mm -hmm. and it is the deadline for Deloy Hansen to Mm -hmm. find a buyer for Real Salt Lake. Mm -hmm. As far as we know, that hasn't happened yet. Um, And starting tomorrow, the league takes over said process just to be clear Deloy Hansen would still take the profit of this sale and it you know it is Deloy Hansen's quote-unquote asset but mm-hmm. the league is essentially acting as the you know as the as the seller and that's in order to protect the rest of the league the rest of the teams in the league I should say you want to get that no yeah, turn your phone off during podcast, fam. <laughs> it's not phone. It's okay. Facebook that you made me open to open the message. Remember how we covered all the bases? Didn't yeah. cover this one. Close it. Yeah, but listen, uh, sorry about that. So, right. Anyway, yeah, important. league's taking over. Yeah, league's taking over. And, a month and, ago. and right, mm-hmm. and in that process, we've learned quite a bit of information. Yeah. Okay. So that was gonna say. Right. Before before we get into the information, let me just say something real quick. Okay. Say something real quick. It wasn't that long ago. I want to say like a month ago when we learned that the league would take over on the eighth if DLH doesn't sell himself, right? And I was scared. I was petrified at that point. I was like, ah, the league that would just sell it somewhere else outside. Maybe, maybe I am too easily manipulated by people saying words <laughs> like in general i currently do not am, do not live under the impression that the league taking over would mean they're selling it somewhere outside salt lake city that's just my impression yeah i mean yeah, it, it it's I I think that fear, um, it it won't be out of me until I know that so and so has bought the team, and you know we've asked them like, hey, do you have any intention of selling the team? And they obviously say no, of course, or moving the team, and they say, of course, I'm not moving the team, and you know, like even if they were, they wouldn't admit it anyway. <laughs> you know, and so it, it is one of those things that we have dedicate, dedicated large portions of of our time discussing, and that's, you know, how likely is it that the team is going to move with a new buyer? And and you and I, I think, both agree that it isn't very likely, but it's also not entirely unlikely. Like, like the right. possibility of it happening is much higher today than it was this time last year. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's worth always you know, keeping note of, um, you know, look at the Columbus crew and the the kind of 
monumental effort that they had to undergo to save their franchise. Um, That's not necessarily to say that it's going to happen to us, but it's definitely something that every single RSL fan, you know, should, should, should keep an eye out for. Um, Yep. You know, we, we did We're going to lose... be very vigilant in who buys it and will be extreme. And I, I'm assuming whoever buys it is, is you know, because it's a half billion or close to half billion dollar transaction. So it's not some dude walking in off the street to buy them. I think whoever buys it should know and understand that tens of thousands of people at least are very actively listening to every, not just every word they say, about the purchase, but like every everything they've tweeted in the last twelve months, <laughs> yeah, every, every um, every pause in their sentence, you know, if it, yeah. if it's on a video call, which ways their eyes rolled because we're all we're all over here, you know, freaking out, man. We're just Absolutely. freaking out, Absolutely. right? So, I hope whoever makes the acquisition understands that, right? So. With that all being said, there there has been some kind of interesting tidbits of information that that have uh, since come out with, especially in regards to the sale. Um, and probably the biggest and most interesting is that Ryan from Qualtrics, <laughs> RQ from here on out, calling him then. RQ uh, did an interview with a podcast. It regard it was a it was like a sports pod- podcast. I don't remember which one. And they brought up the his purchase of the Utah Jazz and how he went about doing that. And I'm going to paraphrase the story here. I don't have the exact transcript up for me. But essentially, and this, just to be clear, this story contradicts other reports that came out earlier in the year that say mm-hmm. that he was interested in buying the Jazz before Real Salt Lake. Um so I'm going to take his word for it, but to be totally clear, this could be a story he made up to sound right. cool. <laughs> Let, let's be really clear here. Um, it's not like billionaires are not known for lying. Right, right. He's he's not embellishing this to endear himself to an entire sports uh, fan base. Anyway. He's desperate for someone or something to cling on to. Absolutely. So he claims that Real Salt Lake uh, went for sale, essentially. And that he approached the Millers and said, hey, this soccer team is up for sale. And just to be clear, he says soccer team. He never names Real Salt Lake. But you don't have to be, uh, you know, Sherlock Holmes to connect the dots here. Um, He claims that a soccer team went for sale, that he approached the Millers about going in on it with him, you know, going Dutch, as the saying goes, on (laughs) on a $500 million team um and they said thanks but no thanks and then mm-hmm. he was kind of in the market for a sports team like he was he was actively looking to buy a franchise um don't you love that feeling We're like yeah just like I, casually I got a half bill just burning a hole in right. my wallet right now it, let's it, go it was either going to be a sports franchise or his own private you know island resort one of the two he wasn't sure um, I'm obviously I'm exaggerating that part, but he yeah could, could have bought ten of them for the price of buying the jazz. But anyways, beyond the right. Point. Anyway, so he uh, then says, "Well, how about I go buy them?" I, I think ultimately what he was looking for was a little bit of 
a way to hedge his risk, and he does want to partner should anything go south. So his then next solution was, well, how about I buy the team on my own and then like buy a portion of the jazz as kind of, uh, you know, and like join it that way. To which he claims the Millers responded with, well, if you're going to buy the jazz, you know, just, just go all outright. And then he goes, well, is, is that is that an option? Essentially, they were inviting him to buy the jazz. Um, and he claims that that's essentially how that came about. So mm-hmm. apparently the reason Ryan or RQ doesn't own Real Salt Lake at the moment is because of um, the Millers, essentially. Um, he didn't talk about the Loy Hansen at all. He didn't talk about what, you know, waiting him out. He didn't talk about any interest to buy. But it does kind of allude to the fact that he probably is still at least somewhat interested. And the whole theory about him waiting out the Loy Hansen for the league to take over isn't entirely unlikely because there was that interest, at least according to him now. Like he's he's yeah. admitted it outright. Yeah. And I mean, he's documented as having toured the facilities and, you know. He's got the money, and, and I'm not sure if you read into the uh, jazz deal, but he's not in it himself, man. He's got, you know, <clears throat> when you're a billionaire, apparently you have a lot of billionaire friends. So while he's the primary owner, he's got a bunch of other dudes. Not a bunch, but like at least two or three others, right? For example, there's an Australian billionaire, and they just happen to be buddies for like ever, who just also who bought a part of the jazz. He's still the principal owner majority owner right but yeah he's got like so the only reason i know that is because this dude was like all over the australian papers as the first australian nba owner because you know every time you own a percentage of a team you get to call yourself the owner remember jay-z owning the brooklyn nets like one sixteenth of one percent he was trotting the world telling telling everyone he owns the brooklyn nets uh, brooklyn nets right i really think in, on, on one hand, it would be extremely dangerous that this this one dude that just runs all of Utah sports. On the other hand, I think it would be awesome, absolutely awesome, because he's probably he wouldn't be going in it into it by himself. First of all, there's probably right. a group. He's a loyal Utahn. That's what I'm looking for. Yep. Yeah, and we, the, we've the, we've talked about the that quality of that the quality of this team over the next few years is secondary to me if it's not here. Right. Yeah. Someone like him, especially these young tech billionaires. I mean, I always keep thinking Mark Cuban of the Dallas Mavericks, right? Someone passionate with money, actually with money because I'm passionate. But if I, if they gave me the, that team for free, we'd have a crap roster next year. We'd be volunteers, right? Cause I can't pay their salaries. Right. So also some of the deep pockets. I also heard there's a, there could be other options out there. Isn't there some, some yeah. financial group? So, so there, the, and once again, as all of these conversations taking place, there were a couple of other, you know, Utah affiliated uh, names that had interest, but the other kind of serious competition for Ryan was this, what, what some people are claiming is a international soccer or an international f- organization that has experience with soccer or football. Um, that's just, that's just, that's just, that has money laundering written yeah, all it, over it. 
it's got like a real like you know city soccer affiliate whatever they're calling themselves um you know some people have read that to mean uh barcelona because i guess you know there was a thing on reddit where barcelona is looking to buy an mls team essentially for um messy to play in <laughs> like they, they need somewhere to send I, I think that one is not very likely for no other reason than barcelona is having all kinds of monetary issues at the moment um <laughs> Yeah, but when you buy Barcelona, people will literally print money for you and you pay them back. Never. Right. There is, you know, it, it, it that one seems like the most kind of risk where all of a sudden it's this like faceless organization that doesn't really answer to anybody. But, you know, if it is like kind of like a, you know, Manchester City, I'm hoping it's not actually Manchester City. But if it is some kind you have NYCFC. Right, but yeah, because they can't own two two teams in one league, right. But it said clearly in the unnamed report that the organization has no affiliation in the U.S. soccer. So right. fair, fair. That's good to note. Um, you don't trust random strangers on the internet? No, no, I'm once bitten, twice shy, I suppose. But yeah, it, it would, like, if it is some big European powerhouse, like, it's it's kind of hard not to let the imagination run wild. Like I try to be realistic. Re, I try to be realistic. Wait, who said who says they're a club? I mean, it, all it's well, really it, no, said no, no. is it's a group, but right? Like you know, the, the they could own the, part of a club. Exactly. But still, like it, it's hard not to sit here and go, "Oh, that opens up the door for really exciting partnerships." Which, just yeah. to be clear, I'd be really down for. It, it's the yeah. fantasy scenario. Let yeah. let me have a dream. I would I would hate it. I would I would actually not like to be some like stepchild of FC Barcelona. I like us being rugged, rough around the edges, the way we are. That's why I'm rooting for a local to buy us out. I was kind of hoping it would be the Millers for a while, right? Because they just ran into like you know a couple of billion dollars. From another organization. Yeah. But then I was just reading the business news a few days ago, and they, they apparently just bought like a whole series of retirement centers across eight states. Interesting. A whole, a whole thing. So I'm like, ah, that's where the money went. <laughs> and now we know. <laughs> Why did you spend it on that? But then I'm like, people are going to keep aging and they will need retirement centers. I'm like, yeah, smart business thing. model. That I, can see, I can see where you're going with that. Uh, and they were probably pretty cheap right now because I'll bet you a lot of these places are up for sale for nothing, pennies on the dollar because of COVID and old people are dying, right? But there will be a resupply of old people. Oh my God, I'm going way too far down this. Down yeah, this I was hole. like, you, you're... you Anyway, we won't get into that. But I read yeah. more business news than soccer news these days, okay? Right. So uh, to the whole like organization that owns like a big European team, they did not say that. It didn't say that, but that's that's mm -hmm. where everyone's heads at. Your just, fantasy, just, yes, just to kind of impact, you know, talk myself down a little bit off the off the ledge a little bit, is that, you know, our Rocky Mountain rivals, uh, Denver, uh, Colorado, is owned by uh, Cronky Sport yeah. Sports and Entertainment, who also happen to own Arsenal, um, yep. and clearly that 
never oh, really panned things. out. Yes, yeah. along with some. Uh, yes, not only those two things, some other stuff, but those are the two in relation to each other that are worth discussing in this context. Yeah. And clearly, that never really paid dividends for the Crapids. Yeah. So, remember how we came and played for uh, the Crapids? Right. Yes. <laughs> Long, long history of Colorado uh, championships with Thierry Henry, of course, because of their partnership with Arsenal. Which and guess what? That partnership? <laughs> Actually, this is sad. Colorado won more championships than Arsenal. So they have, just, they have the I'll one. Yes. Just leave that here. Just <laughs> putting a dagger in all of uh, <laughs> all of the two Arsenal fans that also listen to this podcast. Um, a lot of Arsenal fans. Yeah. Um, anyways. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that's kind of the. So what's the your dream scenario? The... Let me let me ask you directly. Mm -hmm. By the way, we're right. gonna talk offline because I'm not sure why we don't start with this. <laughs> what? This this is spirited discussion. You start with the big discussion. The rest was just news. Everyone knows the other stuff. So, I mean, I'd question like to for think you: We gave them our charm and our our little twist on it. Okay. What's well, maybe that's what they're here for? What's your dream scenario? Um, there's not a lot of things I like about LAFC, but I'm a pretty big fan of that whole like multi billionaires, you know, like a company that owns a ton of companies, essentially owning it and then having like a few really likable, really popular, essentially faces. Um, would love something like that. I, I think it allows the when you know, like, I, I think I think there's something to be said for like a local super passionate, you know, guy that like when you see him on the street, you can ask him about it. Um, I think there are pros and cons to that because like maybe some just off the top of my head, maybe there's a scenario where that guy no longer uh, is doing the right thing or his opinion contradicts with like common soccer knowledge is crazy. I don't know where I came up with that scenario where whereas – an, a group, and when I say group, I do mean like, you know, like a like a hedge fund or something. Um, a group who does view it as an investment. Like, let's be really clear. Winning solves a lot of cash problems. Um, so hopefully a group that kind of treats it as an asset to grow over time, who's also prepared to invest money that isn't necessarily their own. I'm I'm a big fan of that. Um, I think we could use a little more formality in that organization and a little more uh, business practice. So <clears throat> I asked that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Let me. I imagine you have an answer to that. <laughs> I have an opinion. It's a two-edged sword, double-edged sword. Imagine if Delo Hanson was only twenty percent owner of RSL than rather than a hundred percent, and he did the stupid thing he did. Not well, a big be deal. Fantastic. Right? We sell off 20%. He, he's yeah. forced to sell 20%. The other five partners just absorb him right away. Boom. Right. Boom, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Done deal. Right. That's the upside of that one of those things. Absolutely. I read an article a long time ago. Did you know you can go to like one of the top five European leagues? Or countries and buy like a third division team for a couple of million dollars. Okay. Four million, five million gets you. It, at that point, it all depends on how big their stadium is. Like it's a real estate purchase at that point. Right. The club and everything else around it is basically nothing. 
right? That's what I learned from the article. The other thing I learned from the article, which was more important, is sports teams do not make money. It basically started with do not have a fantasy of going out there, you and your friends, raise a couple of million dollars, go buy yourself a, a Norwegian team in third division, make your way up to the top division, you know what I mean? And make you all now billionaires. Sports teams, especially the big ones, you know, the successful ones, do not make money despite all of their success. It concluded with sports teams are rich people's toys. That's all they really are. Right. Best, best case scenario is you buy the team. We just saw this happen with IS Roma, actually. It was sold from some individual jackass to a collection of jackasses, right? Um, the best case scenario is you buy the team, you're bleeding money for years, and then you sell it at a huge markup. You still have to be able to hemorrhage all that cash while you own them if you want to be even quasi-successful. Sure. So sports teams do not make money. Thus, they're not good investments. They're just not. Yeah, now, I mean, now, hold on. There's two, there's two really big MLS-specific things that contradict that just a tiny bit. Probably going to get to the first one you were talking about anyways, right. but go ahead. Well, so ownership as an investor operator in Major League Soccer also makes you it, – it, it's the marketing arm, the, the something, Soccer United Marketing, whatever the acronym stands for. And those folks had the wisdom to buy all of the uh, TV rights for the both the U.S. men's national and women's national teams for like the next five years or something. So owning an MLS team also gets you ownership and revenue from that. And while I would agree with you that the actual like day-to-day -day operations of owning a team, especially a team like Real Salt Lake, is going to – it's kind of like your your house. Like you recently bought some property. It's not like you're getting a check from your house every month. But five years down the line, when you sell your house, you're probably going to, it's safe to assume, you know, short of something like 2008 happening again, it's safe to assume you will have made money. That's what I mean by investment. Mm -hmm. yeah. So those are kind of the two. And, and you're you know, getting one last thing, which is the, the actual price of the franchise license. Like that, right. That's... You can't go just start a club in the MLS. Exactly. Right. So that's why if I'm an investment firm and my primary objective is to increase profits and make money, why the hell would I buy a sports team? Because you're going to sell it in five or 10 years and you're going to, given, given the rate of Major League Soccer just in the last 10 years, combined with the fact that the United States is going to host a World Cup in 2026, I think it's safe to assume that the popularity of the sport domestically, including the club level, will only increase, which will lead to an increase in the value of the actual clubs themselves. I think yes. that's a safe bet. I was going to say the real estate that you buy with the club will also increase. So there's that. I was just going to say you can just literally use that same money, buy real estate, and probably make a significantly larger return in the exact same amount of time. But then I'm also sitting there and thinking, all right, I have the license that's worth a quarter billion dollars. Right. I could take that license. And sell it to Las Vegas. 
<laughs> so <laughs> I knew, hold on. Hold I knew on. you were gonna say Las Vegas, but you, somewhere else. You have you have yet to actually answer the question of what mm. is your ideal ownership scenario? My ideal ownership scenario is probably very similar to the ownership scenario that is currently with the Utah Jazz, which is I do want that face with the club, right? The 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 big ugly face in this case. Uh, someone that's local and passionate about it. I do not want them owning 100% of the club, if at all possible. So I, I want some, I want some hedging there, right? I'd love for you know what I love is the German structure where no one can own more than 49%. Uh, but we don't live in that structure. I'd love for someone to own like 50, 60% of the club. Yeah, you have to remember, you know how Deloitte Hansen took control of the club, right? He was yeah, minority owner first. He bought it all. And then he just bought the rest of it afterwards. Yep. I would love for like a couple of companies, or a couple of people. I wouldn't mind if they had like 49% or less stake is represented by one of these big hedge funds or whatever you want to call them, right? But I, again, stability as far as keeping the team where it is, is my number one priority. I, I would love that front face strong man or woman person, whether it's, uh, you know, the last, you know, Gail Miller or, or Ryan Smith or whoever right. the heck it is. I don't, it doesn't even yeah. matter. I, I think the safe money is uh, is on the scenario you're describing to the, you know, it really, it, it still very much might be the same guy. Yeah. Which, which is kind of crazy that. But you know what the problem, the only problem with that is. Yeah. He's going to have one Delaware Hanson moment and then we have the jazz and. Yeah. Iris Hope, hopefully not, but then again, then again, you then really the jazz never are know. Moving, then the Jazz are moving to Sydney, apparently. Because <laughs> that's what conspiracy theorists would say. Or, they're, they're, I mean, they're, if the Jazz are going to go anywhere, it's Seattle. No one's going to Seattle. Why would let's, anyone let's, to let's Seattle? really, well, because the, the sun doesn't even shine up there. They, they, they want the supersonics back, man. Look, man, the way I say it is this. How do you see it? If you actually lose a professional team to Oklahoma City, you deserve to have lost it. <laughs> you, you have forever lost your right to ever, ever get. Because now, like, no, you know, I, I don't want to. No, no, no. Hold on. I don't want to laugh about this until I know for a fact that the that Real Salt Lake is safe. So, yeah, it is to that. all my supersonic friends out there, I'm not laughing. I. I think it's a terribly, ter terribly cruel thing for any sports fan to lose his team. And I'm not. Yeah, that's one of those that I will never, ever, ever understand. Yeah, fold ever. before you move. At least have that decency. I will never. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. That's like saying, "Hey, man, you know what? I own a Seven Eleven at the at like on the Las Vegas Boulevard, right outside the Bellagio." What I'm going to do is move this store to like West Temple and 27 South in Salt Lake City. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Keep paying the same franchise prices. Does that make sense? That makes sense, right? I'm actually, I'm actually looking at what is on 27 South and West Temple right now. Oh, I have, <laughs> I have no idea. What's I, I was curious. It's that's, That was a very specific... Uh, Intersection. I'm just off of West Temple, and it's like a block and a half down the street. So I was just yeah, a lot of empty lots and like a weird like 
No, she has not. So, still, it's not Las Vegas Boulevard. It's not the Las Vegas Boulevard in front of Bellagio, running, correct. You're running a 7-Eleven, you need traffic, right? Yeah, yeah. So. No, not not a mostly one-way road or a single lane roads here. So, yeah, yeah it's step down, that's for sure. Anyway. Um, and did we cover all the topics? We did. We did. How? How? So, now that the league's taken over, do you think this is the type of thing where, like, now they're kind of essentially starting from scratch, or do you think things are going to start moving hot and heavy? Do you think this these guys made it to become a multi-billion dollar company because they wait till like the morning off to start a business plan? I'll bet you anything. Ryan and these other groups, because they're also no dummies. I've never met a billionaire dummy. Like properly in person. How right. many billionaires do you like meet in a day? <laughs> like you keep talking about them, like you're just like hanging That's out with Mark Zuckerberg on a Wednesday. None, nonetheless, the statement stands. I have never met a billionaire dummy. Have you? I've never met a billionaire well enough to be like, I can You've gauge never your met intelligence. A billionaire dummy. Yeah, Anyways, I guess that's technically true. I would like, let me, let me rephrase the whole thing. I would like to think the self-made billionaires are not dummies when it comes to at least business. They can be idiots elsewhere. And this is business. The chances that these people who were talking to Deloy Hansen also were not talking to the league. I mean, I'd be dumb and stupid. And, and if anyone did that, I don't want them to buy the club. You're too stupid to run my club. Okay. Um, so f- there's that. Secondly, I mean, how many clubs is the league selling this year? One. There's yeah. one. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay. So it's not like they have their attention divided amongst these. Oh, uh, Monday to Monday morning through Tuesday evening, we're going to work on this club. You know what I mean? There's one club they're selling. I'll bet you all the same people that were talking to Deloitte Hansen. Uh, and here's, here's the other thing I'm thinking. DLH is, a lot of people don't like him. But he's not an idiot when it comes to business, obviously. He's not a self-made billionaire. There is a reason he didn't sell yet. Like right. there's no way he's making less money if the league is selling it. Like something is up here. Sure. There's there's a snake in the grass somewhere, and I still can't see it. But something is up. I think he's too smart, too business savvy to not have sold yet. Right knowing that the league takes over like today, basically, because everyone's listening to this today. Right. And he still hasn't done it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think it's going to be, I, for its worth, I do agree. I do think it's the type of thing where everyone that was like seriously interested and is still seriously interested is now, you know, sending proposals and emails and contracts and setting up meetings with the league as we speak. Um, wouldn't be shocked if next week or the week after, things start leaking oh i i would say we maybe not next week but week after it's a done deal Ooh, yeah i mean if you're if you're seriously buying you probably you want to buy yeah you want to like the season starts in march like you're gonna want to buy before kickoff oh yeah yeah i mean doesn't preseason start in like yeah i mean we're gonna get a preseason schedule here in like a couple weeks yeah preseason is february so. so, yeah, there's not a whole lot of time left there. And I'll bet you no one's going to wake up tomorrow and say, you know what I should do today? Let me buy that Dorn RSL. Right. right? It's going to be the same players. It's going to be it's gonna be the same players and just maybe 
different counter signers. Right, right. Yeah. And for all we know, someone already signed something and the league's just in the process of approving it. Sure. Yeah, so. yeah, it could be. Yeah. All right, man. I, I think that's enough for this episode. We've, we've, oh, yeah. Uh, we've hit the folks with some good gems. Plenty to think about, as they say. And uh, if mm-hmm. I was a betting man, I'd say we'll probably be reaching out sometime next week to follow up on this very subject. I have a feeling there's no way we're not. There's way too many moving pieces right now. RSL Nation, it's your boys, Adele and the Baker, coming at you with another episode of Scarf Life. We hope you have a lovely, lovely weekend. And we'll talk to you next week. Goodbye and good night.